business can be better. This is the podcast that helps businesses become even better businesses. I'm one of the co-hosts, Lane Anderson. I own a marketing company called London Road Media. And I'm Kelly Ray Tamaki, founder and owner of TMH Business Coaching and Consulting. of business can be better your sales philosophy what is your sales philosophy yeah so what's new with you this week news things again that we could just focus on you for no i think we skipped you last week so now you it's all on you to come up with exciting stories to share i uh i've relapsed into my rock star habit i've been drinking yeah i've been drinking energy drinks again i haven't been sleeping it always happens when something new and exciting is happening so i think that's a good sign yeah also i just started watching that show superstore that's about all that's new with me well i've been sick so i'm feeling healthier how about that that's good what's new with you uh what's new with me i am i don't know this like we have a new month so it's just a lot of planning this month out i kind of just get everything in place in my calendar for everything that's happening this month so i'm just looking forward to a lot of events and things that I get to go to and we're going to start offering our seminars again about social media marketing so just doing a lot of planning in that and building some new new fun stuff like that in person face to face meet other people a lot of that happening rather than us just sitting behind our laptops in our office and being anonymous and antisocial so I'm excited about a lot of people see people face to face and be social and don't to do yeah, but I'm wanting well, to go to Traffic and Conversion <laughs> Summit that I just realized today that Arnold Schwarzenegger is speaking at, and I think that's going to be really cool to see him in person. Yeah, that will be cool. Is he like 70-something now? I have... He, still just killing it? I'm sure, yeah, he could definitely beat me in an arm wrestle. What is your sales philosophy? ...able to relate to me when I talked about it, but I almost purposely did not sell. Right. Um, and so I've been working with a really great coach whose focus is on sales mm-hmm. because I've realized that, you know, there's a lot of contacts with people that I would like to turn into business, but I haven't. So yeah. there's like a lot left on the table in, in this business for me. And uh, it's like made me laugh so hard. I almost cried a few times when I realized the ridiculous things I was doing that were like working against sales. Like I... I would be like, here, just take all this coaching homework and just go do this on your own rather than saying, let's do this together. Right. And like almost discouraging people from wanting to work together. It's like, it's crazy the awarenesses I've been having working with uh, a coach that's focused on sales. And I've been just really happy to learn that she's not trying to teach me anything pushy, aggressive. Right. She's not trying to get me to change my sales philosophy. All three of my rules still apply. Um, but it's just a very refreshing look at sales so i just thought we should talk about because cool. i'm interested in hearing your sales philosophy i'd like to share mine i'd love to have people join in tell mm-hmm. us what theirs are so what i was trying to figure out like sales philosophy is not a term i've really used before i don't i mean it makes sense when you said it but i'm thinking of it as about being your values of how you approach sales whereas mm-hmm. something like sales methodology would be more like the strategy like you go in with this whatever some acronym they have about how to close a sale or something that they would teach that would be more a methodology but we're talking about the philosophy which is going to be more keeping it with your personal values and actually also 
just in looking some stuff up about this, I see people using the word sales culture too, hmm. whereas sales yep. culture might be more at an organizational level, but a sales philosophy is really a personal thing. Like your sales philosophy is your sales philosophy. And you have, if you had another business development or another salesperson, even within your own business, maybe they have their own sales philosophy. Like it's a really personal thing. I think so, that's so what really I discovered to today. hire them. <laughs> Right. What you is know? your sales philosophy? Yeah. Because yeah. if that doesn't match, it's not a good. Right. Yeah. So um, what does your sales philosophy look like? Okay. So this um, came about, I want to say like five years ago, really close to the beginning of my coaching business. So like five and a half years ago. Um, just to, my husband and I do a lot of personal development. And one of the things that um, I figured out was that sales doesn't have to feel like sales. A okay. lot of people, including myself, have had experiences with my my really bad example is the brick i feel so uncomfortable in the brick right i feel so pressured and so um uncomfortable i just i just wanted to stay as far away from that experience as possible in all of my businesses yeah um that was your how not to do it exactly yeah Yeah. so my only well what was awful about it though well i I felt like the person was very desperate. I also felt like they were mean. Like, I felt like they were almost being a bully. And then the fact that, like, you you basically have to negotiate. Like, the fact that a bed that says it's $5,000 is not actually that much if you, like, haggle with them. Like, I don't want to be part of that. Or, like, yeah, like, I I just found them. Okay. Almost, like, even I would call. I remember calling once and just asking if they had a certain type of bed. And the girl's like, let me just transfer you to a salesperson. I'm like, no, please. No, please don't transfer just me. answer Can my just question. Tell me? <laughs> like, I'm trying to look on your website. And honestly, I just had su- such bad experiences with furniture. Even though I hated it, I have started buying furniture online. Yeah. Because I just can't. Right. And I have to say a little, I do feel some compassion for that industry. I mean, like, it's hard to staff properly. It's hard to have enough money. They can't keep the furniture in the store. Like, it's just imploding on them. So... I get it, but yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to put anyone through that, and I don't want to go through that. So, three rules that I have are: be authentic. We talked about that actually right before the the, mm-hmm. the podcast started, because we're talking about speaking. Like, we're yeah. both of us are starting to do a lot more speaking this year, and you just have to be authentic because trying to be anybody but yourself is very awkward. Right. You know how long like, can you put on the facade? Yeah. Like yeah. if you go into a meeting, you're like, oh, I have to pretend that I'm this way, or I have mm-hmm. to try and convince them of no, just be yourself. Yeah. And I think authenticity, that's a really big theme for me when I talk about marketing in general, marketing and sales. Never want to try and pretend to be something you're not, right? Right. So number one is be authentic. Number two is make sure that you always have that customer's or prospective customer's um, best interest in mind. So whether or not you're right for them, Laura and I talked about this today, actually. It's part of our process. If someone inquires and we're not the best fit for them, mm-hmm. we recommend them to Community Futures, Economic Development, right. you, Mandy, Bruce, like any, Chris. Yeah. Um, you know, if I think they're a, a good fit for someone else, we absolutely recommend them that way. And then the third piece is no attachment to the outcome. So in the yeah. brick, if the person was like, hey, I'm so-and-so, they're totally acting like themselves. They're like, what do you really need? Mm -hmm. And what's your budget? And we're like a couch, $2,000. We're like, okay, well, here's a couple things. And then they're like, you buy it, great. You don't, great. No attachment. Yeah. Then it would have been fine. Yeah, it's very different. It would have been flawless, actually, in my opinion. But so, yeah, when I I have um, sales opportunities, like in person, when I'm meeting with somebody, I'm just myself, and I'm really trying to clarify what they really need. And then if I'm what's right for them, great, we'll talk about that. But if I'm not... 
You yeah, know? you can help them in another way. You can refer them to someone who can. And don't need the sale. Like, that's just so awkward. It yeah. makes people so uncomfortable. You can't get in a position where you're... And I guess that's hard because a lot of people are in a position where they need to increase their revenue. But you have to yeah. figure out a way to approach those situations with a lack of attachment. Right. Because that desperation just... It, yeah, you're not going to hide it. That's no. going to come through and be an immediate turnoff. <laughs> and I guess let me give somebody a tip for that. And I forgot to do a quick tip. So no, I'll save You'll this. I'll write it, it down here. Save yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, I think um, like we've, I will say that I'm awful at sales because I've never intentionally tried to develop any kind of strategy or methodology or philosophy or whatever. I, I mean, it's been very unintentional um, and that I don't, especially don't do any outside sales or prospecting or anything like that so far although we're starting to look at what we could do that would help with that but we've just been so inbound where we just kind of put out content and have a public brand and develop our personal brands and personas and have people come to us that I've just always kind of considered myself as not a salesperson at all like like you had said like yeah exactly how you said that you're almost anti-sales that you're like no i'm i am not going to sell anyone on this so that's kind of where i'm at still now and trying like starting to think about what i could do to become a salesperson but someone said to me recently i was in a meeting and someone who i we just met uh they're part owner of one of our clients uh that i hadn't even met yet like two years into a contract with them but i never met him we sat down in like 20 minutes within the conversation he's like He's like, you're a great salesman. I'm like, I am not a salesman. <laughs> like, and I, it's almost the funny thing is like we almost take that as an insult when someone's like, you're a great salesman. Right? It's like, you, I don't want to be a great salesman, right? right? But what we very quickly discovered was what because he's like, well, great sales. Uh, you're a great salesman because of this. And he like kind of listed a couple things. I'm like, no, that's the only reason. Like the reason maybe if you think I'm good at sales, maybe it's because I'm good at building trust with you. Like we've been talking for 20 minutes and now you trust me maybe i'm good at building trust and maybe by result that makes you good at sales because that's really to me that's what it's about if you want to be good at sales build trust yeah and so maybe i'm not an awful salesperson because if i can build trust i can i can be a salesperson that's the whole thing though it's like we don't have to be salesy yeah the the authenticity part's a big one like you're just being who you are Mm -hmm. curious trying to find out what they need and then talking about solutions yeah and that's the 100 percent for their best interests we're never going to try and sell to somebody who doesn't need us yeah you know what i mean and that's not going to change my philosophy will not change and i actually talked to my coach about that an hour or so ago i said i've been so relieved to learn that you're not trying to change who i am or my three rules and she's like absolutely not it's about becoming more authentic right yeah that's that is refreshing and helps put the buyer at ease which is what you need because then that means you're developing trust but you'll see that at like a best buy <laughs> and you ask them some questions and like oh maybe we don't carry that you should go check out staples or you yeah. should go check out visions or they like go recommend something else that's a direct competitor and then you're suddenly at ease you're like okay you actually want to help me solve this problem not get me out of the store via the till and having a large transaction so that i think is so important that that helps build trust when like you can demonstrate way. that you that they actually have uh, your best interests at heart. Yeah, no, I really that's a really good example of a sales environment that I like going into. Yeah. I can't decide if it's because they're not paid on commission. I think it's a big part of it, and I think a lot of us know that. 
Well, they made it. They branded themselves. That was their differentiator as they marketed that. We are not a commission-based place. That was also like another... Uh, I mean, they're still commission-based, but another brand that kind of made that dif- their differentiator was Toyota when it was, there's no haggling. The price is the price. We gave you the best price. The best price is that, what's on they? the ticket. And I, yeah, I don't know where they're at now when I bought an If they hadn't, I would have gone there. Years ago. Seriously. If they yeah. were really stuck, if they really, Instead of arguing I would have gone there. I cannot stand that. <laughs> I cannot is, stand it. Like, yeah, the, it, yeah no, I, uh, yeah, I'm not going to get into that because we're going to know who... <laughs> where I got my car and everything else. So we're not going to. But um, the one thing I really wanted to make sure that we talked about is because I had this conversation yesterday with somebody and it was like hurting my brain. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't want to rip people off or like, I don't want to charge more, even though this other company is charging more than me mm-hmm. and I'm doing a way better job and I have a way better guarantee and every single one of my customers is happy and I have amazing, really good reviews online. Like, all yeah. of these good things. And all people trust me. People love me. People refer me. 90% of my business is referrals. So this is genuinely a really great service. Right. But the person doesn't want to be greedy. Okay. And so I was like, try to think of it this way. Like, that's that. I'm not even going to touch that. I'm not a life coach. I'm not a counselor. I'm not going to talk to you about right. your self-image. Yeah. But what I will <laughs> yeah. talk to you about is people are not paying for an hour of your time if they are you're doing it wrong but people are paying for the results right so when you talk about like business coaching for me i have no especially talking to a friend rather than talking to a prospect if i'm talking to a friend and they're like oh how much do you charge oh i charge this much but they make like way 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 more because mm-hmm. of what i do so here's mm-hmm. the value the value might be yeah. like another million dollars in sales that year how much is that worth right mm-hmm. versus like oh what do you charge an hour that sort of thing. Right. So I think people really get stuck on, especially when they're a big resource in the business, they can get really hung up on prices. It's really hard to raise your prices. Yeah. Um, but if you talk to your happy customers and you hear them tell you, this number is better, this number is better, I'm healthier, I'm happier, my marriage is better, my staff are happier, my turnovers decreased, my marketing works, we went on a vacation, I'm saving for my child's university, like, good. Yeah. You're serving them by selling to them. (laughs) Or even like, let's let, I want to be really conscious of the fact that we're both most, our main businesses are consulting, right? Right. So when we talk about our examples, they don't apply to a lot of different businesses. So I want to make sure that we use like different examples. Sure. So, um, talking about like a, let's talk about like a landscape. Sure. So if someone calls you or let's talk about plumbing. Okay. So someone calls (laughs) you and they're like, oh my gosh, I really need your help tonight. Yeah. at like right now because this is just I can't handle this I need it fixed I don't care what it costs and you're like well we have a priority rate or an emergency rate it's gonna be like mm-hmm. $500 if the person's like yes I don't care please come help yeah why would you possibly feel bad about that if the person feels like it's worth it and they yeah. want it you know um, or like let's say resale value of a house if there's something you can do to your house and you're gonna pay like a thousand dollars for it but you can sell your house for ten thousand dollars more that is worth $10,000. Right. So for you to charge them $1,000, how is that? So I think if we can really get people to shift that paradigm, I think it can help. Mm-hmm. Because when you really do look at the results those people are getting or the um, the feelings they're getting, the results. I, I really like results. That's more tangible for me. Yeah. But what they're getting out of it and the value they place on that, it's way, 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 way higher than your price. Yeah. 
And if it's not, you're doing it wrong. I mean, this all has to come back to the customer experience. Right. That's got to be your number one. Yeah. You have to deliver exceptional products and services. Yeah. And that's otherwise all this just falls apart. Yeah. And that's the same with marketing and with sales is, uh, I mean, there's lots of bad marketing and lots of bad sales out there, Mm -hmm. but I think sometimes they get the flack for why things aren't selling when maybe your product or service is not very sellable. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's sometimes that's the case, but we need to make sure that, um, that that's solid first and then you can market it and we can sell it and then not be, like you say, like, don't be, um, I don't know, what is that, self-conscious? Or there's not, you don't have the confidence that what you're selling is something that... I think you're just looking at the wrong things. You know, don't, whatever, if you're if you're thinking that you shouldn't be charging what you're charging or you shouldn't charge more, I wouldn't look there. I would look at what they get out of it, mm-hmm. what the value that they place on it is. And if it's not higher than what you're charging, the answer is not to decrease your price. It's to make things better. Right. And I think, too, a lot of businesses are selling that thing because it doesn't benefit them. Yeah. A lot of businesses nowadays are, I guess we could get into supply and demand, too. I mean, like if you're one of 100 businesses trying to serve a thousand people, stop. Like if you can only differentiate on price, that's Mm -hmm. not a good idea. Yeah. Um, Holy business is so intertwined. (laughs) It's so hard to stay on track. Good thing we have these show notes. I think the other the, the other piece is that there is a time where you do give up and leave very quickly and that's where you need to stop trying like stop wasting time trying to convince the unconvincible that's that's the no attachment that's that old style of sales uh where it's you know you you could sell ice like what is it ice to an eskimo or whatever was that saying i believe that's it right um i mean if if we had this recently where someone was possibly a prospect that we could submit a proposal to, but we had a conversation and it just turned out that like their needs and demands and budgets were just like all way out of line with what we usually work with. And, um, and they're, they just had a very bitter taste about what marketing looked like. They basically didn't want to hire us. They're like, I'm probably supposed to get a quote because I should know, but I don't really, like, I hate marketing basically because I've been yeah. burned in the past. And I'm just like, let's not even waste our time submitting a proposal here because we're not going to convince them that this is a great spend. We're going to go into it defending everything we do every step of the way. And we've kind of like talked them into hiring us. And I never want to be in that position. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. You should never ever beg or try to convince someone to work with you right or buy your stuff i think one important thing that i forgot to mention was you know a lot of businesses still are largely referral based so a lot of people are still getting a lot of business because friends and family have talked about their business Mm -hmm. and maybe not in person but online you know it's still a large portion of our sales are coming from people who have heard that we're great because they trust their friends and family right if you don't have that component happening for you, you really need to look at the customer experience. Yeah. The customer experience is so incredibly important. And and I think sometimes if you're listening to a podcast, for example, about sales, and then all of a sudden we start talking about the customer experience, they're like, oh, I was looking for sales training. But maybe you don't need to be a salesperson. Maybe you just need to be authentic and have their best interests in mind and don't be attached to the outcome. But maybe mm-hmm. your processes need to get better. The customer experience needs to get better. Right. Yeah, it's it's the same thing when we talked about SEO and Google reviews and everything. Like, well, for starters, oh my gosh, I almost just said do something awesome. <laughs> You're in my head. That's yeah, you, your products and services have line. to rock and your customers have to be extremely happy. Yeah. And then this, mm-hmm. you know. 
Yeah, yeah, we never want to be in a place where we're trying to convince someone to hire us. Because no. it's just, a, even if you do convince them, that's not a win. Like, you're now beginning a relationship that's in a bad spot that is probably going to fall apart pretty soon. It's yeah. not a good place to put your no. time into. And I mean, we all know, you, you get that feeling, you know, when you're, mm-hmm. if this person's not going to be a good client. They're not going to be, they're going to complain. You know, a good example of a, a client who you probably want to avoid trying to sell to is somebody who's, gossiping about other people or bad-mouthing other people to you and saying all my problems are because of these other people of other people yeah. like for me i've learned to be like "Ooh, not touching that right. because guess who's next on their blame list yeah you know so if somebody doesn't have uh you know personal accountability and they're not willing to do their part or let's try and think about the other businesses like now i'm thinking about selling shoes right mm-hmm. they don't have to do anything but wear the shoes right? right so in our businesses yes that makes sense but like when you're selling a retail product or a smaller ticket item or an oil change, um, it's a lot different than our service-based businesses. Yeah, it is very different, yeah. But there's still, I think, the same warning signs because they could go online and complain about you on a Google review or they could spend three hours with you, you know, um, trying on different things or and then in the end just be like, no, I hate all of this stuff, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, that's the smaller item, the smaller price tags I find, the more challenges you have, right? Because there's like so many more people in your business in a month. Right. You can't wine and dine them and and like spend time with them. Like you have, it has to be quick because you can't spend three hours making a $10 profit margin on a product. And we have that in the shoe, in the shoe, in shoe solutions, right? Like they're the, um, Orthics and the orthotic services and that sort of stuff is a, is a different it's like appointment based like kind of mm-hmm. like we do um but when people are coming in and buying shoes you have to treat them all with the same positive authenticity right. and you know nobody's being pushy we're trying to serve them and we're not being attached but sometimes you'll spend two or three hours i see some of our teams spending two or three hours with a person who's just a real headache and then they leave and there's like 20 boxes of shoes there to clean up (laughs) but i have to say on the on the other the flip side of that we've got somebody there we've got um, an amazing team but somebody who came from best buy comes Mm -hmm. to mind and a a lady came in last week and uh you could just tell that she was no it was two weeks ago she could just tell she was not having a good day like i actually saw her and went the other way like i just got a vibe i was like no i can't sell shoes anyway so i'm just gonna go back here um, and so at the end of this, I think it was like an hour, I had happened to walk back across the floor and she gave our salesperson a great big hug. Wow. Actually, they're called Fit Tech, sorry. Gave him a great big hug. And she said, you have no idea the impact you had on my day. And she was like wow. crying. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I felt so guilty because you really got to, you really have to remember in almost every situation where people are being combative um mm. what's the word like social sandpaper yeah like, okay you know what i mean like yeah. they're just like yeah i think uh, this is gonna sound so cheesy but i think love fixes that like every single time sure when you're compassionate empathetic yeah you're yeah. just super super kind um that can really help with a lot of those people and some of those people are going to go online and just say great things about mm-hmm. you instead of terrible things yeah. so yeah i don't think you can ever discount somebody and be like yeah we won't do our best with this person yeah not a good idea yeah for our larger ticket and more of like there's a longer sales journey we're doing more of this in depth like developing a relationship but i think so we've kind of touched on that about how it's developing relationships and developing trust like that's really what makes sales effective is if you can develop 
trust and actually have a real relationship because the one story that i shared recently on linkedin which linkedin is can be awful for this of people just reaching out cold oh, and sending you you messages I want to talk so about like this. I, I i received a message from someone an accountant on the other side of the country who i've have no like mutual connections like just random person reaching out on from a long ways away and just comes out cold with like a very intrusive question he's like how is your revenue like something about like where is your revenue headed this year something like that i'm just like i just responded i'm just like that's like a really personal question like i'm not going to tell you uh the inner workings of my business but rest assured like things are looking very optimistic and just left it at that and he's like then his follow-up was basically to insult my current accountant to be like, well, most Aww. accountants wouldn't know this, so you should probably hear what I have to say about how you could okay. save more money here and make more profit margin. I'm just like, I thought we were going to disagree not... on something finally, but no, I'm not. I was just like, this is not how you approach someone. You don't come in asking an intrusive question and then following up by insulting the person that I've chosen to develop a relationship with and that's important to my business. And I was just like, I ended up making a post about it that has gotten a lot of very positive response of people being like yes i get that all the time that is so annoying that is not how you do sales yeah, you need to so develop relationships first like you can't just i know throw that we out have to there. talk about this yeah so we still do that linkedin message yeah. and part of me hates it because it's not really my style but here's what we do when we connect with people if they view my profile so first mm-hmm. of all they've looked at my profile if they're a business owner we will send them that free message. Right. And that is all that it is, but it is a cold message. But they have looked at my profile and it's just like, here's the four ways we're really trying to improve Canadian business. Here's right. this free resource, this free resource. And I've told you this before yeah. and we disagree on this, but <laughs> it's authentic, it's authentic yeah. because I'm giving stuff for free and I'm just trying to like help people. But I'm also, you know, like, hey, if you like my stuff, maybe we can talk more. That mm-hmm. sort of thing, right? Yeah. Um, but I got a message yesterday and I thought, oh, is this Lane with a fake LinkedIn profile? <laughs> he responds to my message. Well, Laura sent it to him and he said, hey, not trying to be an a-hole, but does this kind of, I forget how he called it, maybe maths email or whatever. He said, yeah. does this actually work for you? <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, haha, I'm glad you added that note or I would have thought you were being, you know, rude. But I just said uh, about five to 10% of people, you know, right. will turn into mm-hmm. a sale down the road. But um, yeah, it's better than zero, you know, and I'm also helping a lot of people along the way. Yeah. And he responded quite well to that. Um, but good. yeah, I don't, I don't know how many people are not responding well because Laura takes care of that for me because right. I had Shields a couple of mean messages. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not from that though. Not responses to that. Just random people saying mean things. And so I was right. like, okay, hey, how about you check the messages from now on? And I don't so, but see I, that. I do want to ask Laura that, but, um, I do want to know. Because if it is upsetting people or if it's giving them the wrong impression of who I am, I do mm-hmm. want to stop that. Well, that, that used to, that's that's in line with that uh, different sales philosophy where you get your no's, right? So it's like, well, we convert 5 or 10% because that was the thing. We'll get your 19 no's so you can get your one yes kind of thing. And that's... And I don't like. Obviously, you're going to get no's. You don't. You don't just pursue people that are 100% win, uh, like a total lock. But um, yeah, I think going in wanting to build a relationship has to be how it starts. Like, will I just advised one of our clients on this today because we're taking care of their organic LinkedIn for their page, but they're still managing their personal. So I kind of sent a guide for like, okay, how do you do your personal better? And I kind of sent like a template. Okay, when someone views your profile, you can send them this message. But it was very much like, 
go find out more about them yeah. compliment on something like oh your experience at pepsi must have been fascinating or whatever and just yeah. send that back to them and there's no this is who i am this is what i can do for you this is like yeah all about me it's like talk about them yeah and that will tie into my quick tip when we get there okay um (laughs) i wanted to add one more thing on that okay oh so if i was reaching out trying to get a sale with that message Mm -hmm. i would absolutely be on your team about that that it's a very terrible idea but it's very much in line with who i am that i'm giving 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 and we give a lot of good stuff so for now i'm going to keep doing that but i do want to talk to laura about how many people are getting annoyed with it but if they look at my profile and I'm giving them, you know, mm-hmm. here's what I was thinking. They initiated The go-giver. It. Have you read that? No. Like it's a, the go-giver is just all about give, 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 and sales come. Success comes, right? And that's always been my philosophy. So to me, that was very much generous. Mm-hmm. The other thing I think is that people on LinkedIn are almost expecting that kind of stuff. So they're a lot less annoyed than if I were to go on Facebook and start doing that. Because mm-hmm. I remember when Frank Kern did that to me and I was like, oh, right. block. Yeah. Or DMs coming in on your Instagram account yeah. from everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, we talked about how, what our sales philosophies are. And I think mine is very much in leading with value and being generous like yours is. And it's about building trust and building relationships. And that's, I think we unfortunately agree again. We can't oh, argue about stuff. <laughs> well, my three rules are slightly different than yours. Yeah, you do have, you have your three rules. Make sure you have their best interest in mind, whether mm-hmm. that's you or not. And then don't be attached to the outcome. Excellent. Oh, I think I'm going to make it one minute okay. before blowing my nose. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, so what do you have for a quick tip? Well, I would say that you should look at your sales per customer. Okay. And make sure that your sales aren't entirely tied up in you know, one big customer Okay. or, um, and I'm just trying to think of with retail clients. The thing is when you're, when you're not hitting your sales goals, you're going to feel more desperate. So it'll be hard to not be attached. And that's going to get into a whole cultural thing, which we can do another podcast on. But if you diversify your income streams or where your prospects are coming from, Mm -hmm. um, and you improve your conversion rate, you won't feel as attached because you know, you know, so yeah, I guess just look at your customer list and make sure you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. That can put you in a risky situation. Sounds like a quick tip, right? Okay. That's a quick tip. My quick tip is to go read the book by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, I love that book. Because this it's is classic. one of the many books that everyone is like, oh, you got to read that. It's yeah. a must read. Everyone should read it. And I hate it when books are, when people tell me there's a book I have to read because everyone, I'm like, come on, everyone's read that? it. It can't be that good. Oh, it's so good. And often they do disappoint. But this was one that I think 100% lives up to the hype. Like, Actually, it's been sure that, that old. book was sexist. Am I thinking about the right one? It was written so long ago. It, it still applies. in the 30s, I But believe. I remember reading it as a woman and being like, oh. Like, I swear right. it had some language in it about, well, the, the women will be at home cooking, so when you <laughs> I'm do this. Sure it, and I was like, what? I'm sure it has some of that but in But other there. than that, it's very good. Yeah, I, I found it to be, to live up to all of the, the praise that it gets. I yeah, think I it's something it. that people should read. And it would be great in this sales conversation because it is about like stop talking about yourself and what you want and i want to offer this to you and i want to talk to you about this and i i i I. it's like find out about them what are their interests go talk to them and have like the goal is get them talking to you get them talking and talking and talking 
um, because often they'll leave that conversation being like, wow, they were such a great conversationalist. And all you did was sit there and listen. You just want to give them the opening to talk. That that's makes people so happy, right? Book, yeah. So I think that's a great book that if you've ever, uh, if, I mean, everyone's heard of it. But if you haven't read it yet, pick up How to Win Friends and Influence People because I think it is legitimately a great read that is worthy of all the praise it gets. I think you should also go get The Go-Giver. Okay, I'll put that on my list. Also, one more thing really quick. Okay, go. I'm sorry, we're three minutes over four. Um, if you have a big hard time selling or you're really feeling uncomfortable in that role, um, look at yourself. Like, try and figure out what's going on for you. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times I think when people aren't able to show up in that way, it's it's kind of something you need to work on with maybe a counselor or like a some sort of coach or something. Okay. Not me. I don't do that sort of thing. <laughs> no therapizing? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> thank you guys for watching listening yeah and if you want to watch or listen again next time you can watch us on youtube live tuesday 7 15 p.m mountain time and the f- easiest way i mean you can search or i think we show up on youtube now so you if you search, search the business can be better business can be better you search kelly ray's name you search our business names you'll probably find it but it's bit.ly slash better business podcast uh, you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Look up uh, Business Can Be Better and subscribe, please. We would very much appreciate that. And if you want to follow me or um, uh, Kelly Rach Mackey on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, and look me up on uh, Twitter, Lane underscore Anderson, Instagram, the real Lane Anderson, and on LinkedIn, Lane Anderson. Love to connect with all of you. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Most of you are listening. See you next time. Bye.